Hey guys, Abel here, and in this shorter episode, I would like to talk about something that I know is a big problem and pain point for many of you out there, and that is ending a fat loss phase, or AKA a cut, and not bounce back to the weight at which you started out super duper fast. And I'm recording this because this topic has been a big problem for me uh, in the past, and this is something that I've messed up countless times in the past, and only this recent time, well, recent, uh, back in July or so, was when I first managed to not bounce back, but keep gaining at a slow and steady pace, so my transition into maintenance and then into a gaining phase was pretty much by the book. So, First of all, let's quickly define how an ideal diet finish would look like, and then let's contrast it to what people actually tend to do. You know, ideally, at the end of a diet, you would either maintain your weight and body fat percentage if your goal was to just simply cut down and get lean to be happy with how you look for the summer, for example, or if you have ambitions to gain muscle, then you would simply put yourself into a small caloric surplus so that you can start training hard, get better quality sessions in the gym, and start putting on size effectively. So this would be in an ideal scenario. However, far too many of us uh, right at the end of a diet just lose our shit for lack of a better term and start pounding so much food that a lot of the effects of the diet gets undone very quickly. And what's worse uh, is that this often spirals into self-loathing and just falling off the wagon altogether. Uh, For example, to give you an example of what happened to me about two years ago, uh, was that I completed a, a roughly three-month cutting cycle very successfully, but at the end of that, uh, just before I would have transitioned into a bulk, I messed up and had a few binges, After and after that, it was very difficult for me to remain structured and disciplined with my bulk because I already viewed myself as a failure in some way. So basically, I just spiraled into periodic cutting periods interspersed with further periodic binges. And then at some point, I got to the point where it was very difficult for me to find my right headspace regarding my training and nutrition. So more overeating and more periodic cutting periods followed to then, you know, fast forward about a year, I basically ended up spending 80% of the year in a cutting state. And at the end of it, I was still not lean and not jacked. And if someone is doubtful about how I could spend 80% of the year in a cutting state and still not be lean, well, basically, this is the recipe if you want to do it, but don't do it. Uh, You know, cut for, say, five days pretty aggressively during the week, maybe even be in a, you know, thousand calories or so of deficit. So, you know, maybe you will lose 5,000 calories worth of fat in five days and overeat by two, three thousand calories on two days on the weekends, for example, that's one way to do it. That way, you're guaranteed to spend a good majority of your year cutting and still not be lean at the end, or even gain fat steadily, you know, or fall off the wagon for a whole week, and that way, cause yourself a month worth of cutting. And the unfortunate reality is is that you can only lose so, so much fat in a week, but the amount of fluff you can binge on yourself in a short period of time is almost limitless. So bad, bad place to be in, and unfortunately, I spent a good year of my life in this terrible state. So this would be the perfect formula for how not to end a diet. I mean, if you think about it, I could have done so much 
better things and could have been better off for it. So for example, after one binge or two, three binges, I could have just continued being in a surplus, just keep gaining as if nothing happened. Sure, I would have had to cut my bulking shorter, maybe by a week at the end, so that I don't get to the body fat percentage at which I don't feel happy anymore too soon. But you know, big deal, or I could have bulked for just as long. And then in the subsequent cutting period after that, I could have just dieted for a week longer. Once again, big deal. Or I could have just committed to a one week cutting right there to undo the damage and then continued where I would have left off. That would have been not very ideal, of course. You don't want to stop your bulk at a whim just because you overeat on one day. But it still would have been so much better than a year's worth of mini-cut, mini-bulk binge per purge cycles. So basically anything is better than that. But how do we actually find ourselves at a place that could be called quote-unquote optimal? Well, I have a recipe that has served me very well and now I am happy to share this with you. So number one, it's important to get clear on the mindset and uh, physiological state that most people are in at the end of a cut. So for one, you probably have completed a two, three, four months period of hypocaloric dieting where you were eating considerably less calories than what you would have eaten naturally. You probably also stuck to a considerably blender diet, so you gave up on a lot of foods that you would normally want to eat. You compromised on social events, compromised several areas of your life in order to get to your end goal. Uh, what this means is, is that at the end of your diet, your physiological baseline hunger levels are higher than normal. You're mentally just wired to think about food more, and you also have a lot of built-in kind of frustrations because all the things you had to sacrifice on over the course of these three, four months, such as eating out, such as not eating certain foods that you would normally eat, etc. With all these things in mind, you simply don't react to food and just to the act of eating as other people do, or that you normally would had you not eaten hypocalorically for a number of months. Um, for one, odds are that you are in a constant need to fill your stomach up with high-volume foods. You know, people load up on high-fiber, high-volume foods during hard cuts, because even though these foods taste bland and not particularly tasty, at least they give you a temporary feeling of satiety. Probably the big reason behind this is that when you're eating a lower calorie diet, a lot of the satiety mechanisms that are mediated through various pathways, such as through fat and carbohydrate metabolism, these obviously get suppressed uh, as you're eating less of these nutrients. So you're trying to maximize the type of satiety that you can still get on a low-calorie diet, which is related to the stretching of your stomach. And of course, you can still get this stomach stretch sensation by eating very low-calorie but high-volume foods. Um, so br this brings us to tip number one, which is don't increase the average caloric density of your diet too fast. You see, eating super high volume foods is very helpful during a diet when you're eating foods that are very low calorie per unit volume. But you should know that at the end of your cut, after maybe three, four months of eating these high volume foods, you have probably adjusted to a, that high volume component of your diet, both uh, physiologically, like literally your stomach is probably used to being stretched to that extent on a regular basis, as well as behaviorally. 
which means that if you start to add in tons of high calorie foods that are not particularly high volume after finishing your meals, your stomach or rather your brain will still, for lack of a better term, anticipate receiving all that high volume stuff. In which case, you'll either feel still hungry and deprived, despite having eaten a fair amount of calories, which will make a smooth transition into a maintenance or gaining phase trickier, or you will end up overeating, which will then be an, another stressor to deal with. So to combat this, my advice is that right at the end of your diet, ideally start eating more of the same foods that you've been eating up until that point and just start eating more of them. So let's say you've been cutting really hard and you finished your diet at 40 grams of fat, 150 grams of protein and 200 grams of carbs. And you'd like to put yourself at an estimated maintenance level calories, which would be 80 grams of fat, 300 grams of carbs and 150 grams of protein. But let's say that at the end of your diet, your food choices were green veggies, apples, pears, zero fat meat and fish, and you were getting your fat sources from some fattier protein sources such as salmon, Greek yogurt, or eggs. My advice would be is to simply add in more apples, more pears, more veggies, more salmon, more eggs, etc. Once you feel like you're stuffed from all that food and you literally feel like you can't stomach all that crap anymore, start adding in some maybe isolated fat sources such as avocados, green olives, which you know a serving of it might provide 15, 20 grams of fat at a time. And on top of that, add in some more carb-dense stuff maybe, you know, such as some sweet potatoes, some rice, if you find those filling enough. And do that for one or two weeks. Once, uh, once again, when you feel like you're super full from all these foods and sometimes you tend to almost dip into under-eating, start taking out some veggies and eat more fruits or switch out some of your lean protein sources with full-fat protein sources. Um, if you've been eating fat-free dairy, switch that to dairy that provides maybe 10, 15 grams of fat for every 20 grams of protein, for example. By doing this, you slowly increase the average caloric density of your diet, so the average volume of the foods you're eating can slowly go down, but it happens in sync with eating more calories, so your brain slowly starts getting, quote-unquote, used to constantly receiving these other types of satiety signals that are not solely mediated by your stomach being full. And it could well be that, you know, six, eight, ten weeks down the line, to get in your calories, even if it's just a few hundred above uh, compared to what you were cutting on, now you need to pound quite a lot of high-calorie, pretty palatable foods to feel non-soft and be able to constantly get in your calories. But here's the very important thing, that for this to actually take effect, you need to give it time. So why can't you expect to eat a bunch of high-calorie, palatable foods right at the end of your diet and do well? Well, now, as you may know, if you're following fitness and bodybuilding uh, circles, for example, closely, that one day of eating in a caloric surplus after months of low-calorie eating almost doesn't count. You may be in a caloric surplus on that given day, but over the long term, if you look at your 
five month average, for example, you're still in a severe deficit. Um, you may get some temporary hormonal spikes by increasing your calories drastically on one or two given days, but for all the satiety, all the increased energy, all the elevated body temperature, the improved sleep quality, the reduced food focus, the normalized taste perception, for all of that good stuff to take place, you need to be at least at a caloric maintenance, but ideally in a small surplus for a prolonged period of time. So in short, these are the differences you can expect to experience if you do certain things right at the end of your diet, as opposed to waiting an additional few weeks before you do them. You know, eat a whole bunch of high-calorie density, low-volume foods right at the end of your cut, and odds are you will still feel hungry and will have an urge to eat more to fill your stomach up. Do the same thing four weeks later after being in at least that caloric maintenance or in a small surplus, and those lower-volume, high-calorie foods will likely make you feel full and satisfied. Eat a lot of tasty foods with more intense flavors and now nice mouthfeels right at the end of your cut, and you'll likely feel that they are overwhelming and they will feel like you're playing around with crack cocaine and are trying to moderate that. Do the same thing after, say, four weeks of being well-fed, and likely those same tastes will be still nice, but they will be just like, meh, it's nice, but it's not like playing around with crack cocaine anymore. Not to mention that while you're doing this, so you're constantly be eating enough for weeks and weeks on end, your metabolism will also speed up a little bit, your spontaneous activity levels will go up, your sleep quality will increase, you're able to train harder, which all contribute to higher energy expenditures. So say six to eight weeks down the line, you are now looking at a completely different physiology and how it is able to handle these changes uh, in your diet in terms of caloric density and palatability of the foods or tastiness of the foods. The other thing I'd like to touch on briefly is the behavioral side of things. Uh, to give you an example, I myself right now am in what I would consider to be in a gaining phase. And pretty much the only things I'm looking at at the moment is that I try to make sure that I'm eating enough so that I don't feel hungry for the majority of the time and that I train in a progressive manner. You know, I haven't tracked my body weight in at least two months and I haven't tracked calories or macros for a long time. I basically eat out as much as I want and even when I do, I don't have to make sure that I do a ton of modifications to my diet overall. But here's the thing, three months ago, this would have been an absolute losing strategy because my satiety signals were not as well functioning as they are now. And I didn't have enough confidence in what I was doing so that I would have dared to not weigh in daily, for example. Now, these things are so well functioning compared to those times that I can pretty much intuitively tell you um, and I'm pretty sure that I'm at least 95% correct that my calories are probably anywhere between 2,800 and 3,200 on average. And my body weight is most probably somewhere between 81.5 and 82.5 kilos. So that is not monitoring things too closely to say the least. Now, would this be a good idea to do right after finishing a cut? Absolutely not. When your internal signaling mechanisms are not serving you as well as they should, 
you absolutely do need something objective you can rely on. These could be either calories, it could be the scale, or it could be uh, body fat caliper measurements. I myself was not tracking calories now for over seven or eight months, and I was uh, cutting already without tracking, but I was absolutely looking at my body weight changes day to day, and even looking closely at my body fat caliper readings. Now, after being well fed for long enough, it's absolutely not necessary for me anymore. So for me, it looked something like this. Uh, during cutting and finishing my cut, I was weighing in daily, looking at caliper readings. When I ate out, I made careful choices and, and modified my daily nutrition carefully, accordingly. A few months later, I ditched the calipers and just checked that sometimes for the hell of it and maybe weighed in three, four times a week. And when I ate out, I modified my nutrition around that somewhat. And then now I basically don't have to do any of that to kind of intuitively know that I'm in the right ranges. And I know fully well that if I'll, I'll do a cut sometime in the future, I'll have to go through this same transition afterwards again to some degree. So let go all of the behaviors that supported you during your cut gradually only when you're, you're absolutely certain that those things are merely crutches that don't you don't really need anymore. The last thing I'd like to say as kind of a philosophical message here is that a welfare state is where we generally live our lives and where most of the good stuff will happen, both in terms of training progression, but also in terms of just overall productivity and life success. It's hard to operate at your absolute best in life when you're in an underfed state and, you know, you have a chronic baseline level of hunger that is constantly nagging you. So over time, when you're in a bulk or at least at maintenance, the priority should be to shift the entire idea of dieting and food to the back of your mind and start filling up your brain space with other things such as your relationships, your work, and prioritizing your happiness. However, right after a cut, especially if it was, if it was a longer, harder diet, you will need some time until you can fully arrive to this point. Because as I said, one day or one week of caloric surplus is no caloric surplus, basically, practically speaking. If you've been in a deficit for four months and now you've been eating in a surplus for a week, don't expect magic. You're still technically a dieted person. You know, I really like the term diet fatigue as it's a generic enough term to illustrate that it's not just fluctuations in your hunger and satiety levels that need to be normalized, but your entire mental and physiological quote-unquote ecosystem needs to return to normal. And that will take some time. So right after your cut, you're a little bit like a person who just uh, left the hospital after surgery and being bedridden for a month. You're out of the hospital, but you're still walking with crutches. So at that point, you know that you're on track to be able to play soccer again and go on skiing trips, but you have to accept the fact that you're still a person with crutches and going on that skiing trip with your friends to France or Austria, for example, is just not a good idea yet. But worry not, because every day you're getting closer to that point. So guys... This is how you end the cut, in my opinion. 
Um, if you want to go over the points I addressed in this episode, check out the timestamps in the description and show notes. And hey, I hope it helped. See you next time. Hey guys, I just want to tell you again that your inputs for this podcast will help it grow more than anything. And your requests, ideas, and comments will contribute to awesome content going live on this channel and podcast more than anything. So if you want to contribute, the best thing you can do is to go on Facebook and look up sustainable self-development. You'll find both the page and the Facebook group that is dedicated to discussions and ideas being thrown around. Go there and note down your comments about what kinds of topics or guests you want to be featured on this podcast and YouTube channel in the future. Just keep in mind the general theme of this podcast and my YouTube channel, which is to help people becoming their best selves in terms of lifestyle as it pertains to fitness and general personal development. This podcast is really dedicated to self-improvement, both physically and mentally. So keep that in mind. So thanks again for tuning in and see you next time.